Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of Selecting the Right Load Movement System, a limited series podcast about choosing the right material handling system for moving heavy loads in industrial settings. My name's Eddie, and here's my co-host, Joshua. Hello. In this series, we're looking at what load movement system to use when moving whatever it is your organization builds or works with. Figuring that out depends on a bunch of different factors, so we're walking through a series of seven questions to identify which material handling system is right for any given application through a process of elimination. Previously, we've talked about the weight of the load and how maneuverable or flexible the material handling system needs to be. And today we're moving to the next consideration in the series, timing and distance. Let's take timing first. In other words, how often does the load have to be moved? We've all seen videos of conveyor belt manufacturing processes where products are just moved continuously through the workflow. Fun fact, the fastest conveyor in the world is in a lignite coal mine in Germany, and it clocks in at over 33 miles per hour. Wow. Yeah, and if you want something moved constantly, that's a great way to do it. But other loads may only need to be moved sometimes. In general, the more frequent the move, the more efficient the setup and loading process must be to avoid productivity losses. We need to think about tact time, too. That's the amount of time the load has to spend at each station if it moves between multiple workstations. What happens if delays or problems at one station affect other stations? The key is always to identify whatever movement methodology will minimize production losses. So what are some good move systems for frequent moves? Well, nothing beats conveyor belts, rails, and drag chains, since they can offer continuous or near-continuous movement. And like you were saying, they can move things fast if needed. They also offer synchronized movement. If you have a production line with 10 stations in it, for example, you can sequence all stations at the same time. Remember question number two, however, about flexibility and maneuverability. These move systems required a fixed, permanent movement path. And if you're synchronizing workstations with them, the entire line can grind to a halt if there's a problem at one station. Another potential issue with them is loadability. We'll talk about this more in Episode 6, but how you actually get the load onto the move system can affect timing, too. For example, cranes are relatively slow to move things. Beyond the time it takes to physically move a load from one point to another, cranes have many safety steps and setup requirements. Then, you may also have to wait for the certified crane operator to become available. Right. Next, in addition to how often you have to make the move, you have to think about how far you need to move the object. If the load needs to move a significant distance, say a thousand or more feet, cranes, rails, and conveyors become less practical due to cost. Yep. This can also potentially be a limiting factor for aircasters, which are otherwise pretty flexible when it comes to move frequency. Aircasters typically require hoses attached to compressed air supply. It's possible to leapfrog from hose to hose, but distance will complicate the move even with aircasters. It's doable, though. Did you hear about the megaton generator that was moved down a public road using aircasters? Oh yeah, they couldn't use a truck because it would have exceeded the allowable load limits of the roadway. If I recall correctly, it also had to cross over some train tracks on the way to the warehouse where the generator was going to be stored. That was a pretty complex move, though. It required a lot of planning. Yeah, so aircasters are pretty flexible with all kinds of move frequencies and even distances, with compressed air supply being the main limiting factor. I'd say that's right. The cranes are kind of the inverse. Depending on the crane, they can span a pretty impressive range of distances. 
but they're going to be slower to operate and will be better suited for more infrequent moves. We've already mentioned conveyors, rails, and drag chains. They're great for frequent and even continuous moves, but they get prohibitively expensive the longer they need to be. Over a relatively short span, they're great. Over a very long span, they become much, much less cost-effective. Have we mentioned fork trucks? This might be an area where they really shine, assuming you have a large enough operating area for them. And that they can support the weight. The company would have just used trucks in that example I mentioned, if they could have. Yeah, trucks are the kings of long-distance moves, assuming the road will support the weight. Their distance capacity is basically limited only by fuel supply, and in theory, they can be used as frequently or infrequently as you like. You might run into some issues similar to cranes, where you face delays related to waiting on certified operators or drivers to become available. In short, if you have enough staff and enough trucks, your operations can just keep on trucking. Uh-huh. Although it may be worth noting, not every truck move is going to be straightforward. I remember a case where a substation contractor was delivering a factory-built substation assembly to a field site. They were transporting it across three states by truck in three pieces. But the size and weird shape of the structures meant they had to plan out their route super carefully. They had to make sure they could clear any overpasses on the route, and they had to take roads where oversized loads were allowed. So if you're just using a forklift to carry some heavy machinery from one building to another on a large campus, great, you're golden. But transporting giant objects across state lines is going to be operationally complex, like that aircaster move with the generator was. Just something to think about. On that note, I think we're done with this episode. What's the question we'll be looking at next? It's time to ask the question everyone has probably been wondering about from the beginning. Cost. Oh yeah. A lot of listeners are probably wondering why we didn't start with the cost element, because budget is so often a major limiting factor. In some cases, it might be the limiting factor. And it's true that the cost question will probably narrow down the options by a lot. But I would argue, you have to understand what you're moving to be able to have the cost conversation, because the financial conversation is multi-layered. There's a lot more to it than just the upfront cost of the move system. And if you haven't already worked through weight class, move path, and frequency, you won't be able to address some of those cost layers. I agree. So, we had to lay the right foundation before getting to the cost question, but we'll be there in our next episode. So, where can people find us if they want to keep going through this process with us? They can subscribe to this podcast anywhere they normally listen to podcasts, or they can visit our home website at www.aerogo.com. That's www.aerogo.com. And until next time, thank you everyone for joining us. See you soon.